At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, Wilmer, Bubba, Bubba, welcome to Long Las Vegas. We're just discussing with myself, Greg Eames Peters, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Brian Rolfe. He does a great job over at eCheckCBB. We're going to be diving in on a wide variety of things. We're going to be taking a look at the lay of the land in the SEC as I feel like there's not necessarily that one true Final Four contender. Kentucky certainly climbing up my list a little bit, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be willing to put them in that vein yet, but they did a good job looking themselves in the mirror in the offseason, adding quite a bit of shooting, so we're going to be taking a look on that front. We're going to be taking a look at just how to evaluate these foreign tours that we're seeing more and more of as well. We're going to be diving in a little bit on the Sun Belt as well as a lot of the transfer moves, a lot of the player movement in general that we've been finding in the offseason. It's dried up. A lot of these rosters, they're starting to become fortified, so now we're getting into more and more previews on this podcast, so we're going to take a little bit of time, focus in on the Sun Belt, and I'm going to ask Brian if there's been just some good transfers that relate to fit as well, because sometimes the biggest thing with regards to transfers is not necessarily the splashy stats that you had at your previous stop. It's all about the fit as well, so we're going to be talking about that with Brian in segment number two. This is going to be a very short first segment, because we really have not seen any player movement in college basketball over the last few days. We saw, I mean, two guys decide to hit the portal as Malik Ewan, who did nothing at South Florida, is in the transfer portal. Zane Foster, a bench piece for Central Michigan, he decided to go down to Carroll College, which I believe because there's a few Carroll Colleges that this is the one out there in the great state of Wisconsin, good D3 University, but yeah, we have not been seeing a lot there, so these first segments have been very, very short, so right now on the podcast, you're getting a lot of guest interviews to get you set for the upcoming season and a lot of conference previews as well, and proud to say that within the next 48 hours, I'm going to be doing the Mountain West Conference Preview Edition, so that is going to be on tap as well for this podcast and what else is on tap is whatever you want to hear if you've got a question comment segment idea what have you for this podcast you do have one of two ways to for those in first one is my twitter timeline at unit underscore d1 keep in mind letters cm they mean does not matter as per usual please just send these into the timeline the other way that's fine an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five star review as i alluded to very short first segment. Just didn't see a lot in college basketball over the last few days, but we had a great chat with Brian. That is going to be coming up next right here on Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Eats Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Peters, and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Brian Rolf. He does amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. He's one of the main hosts over with the Heat Check CBB Hangout, which you're able to find wherever you get your shows slash podcasts. I know that this man has been doing a relentless job of taking a look at everything that we've been getting in the transfer portal. I know it's starting to get to be a conference preview season for him as well as he does great work as a writer for the Almanac as well. That's the coming together of Heat Check CBB, Field of 68, Three Man Weave to get you set for the upcoming season and to be able to find all of Brian Ralph's work. It's on X now. Typically, I say Twitter, but I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. But on X at BRolf33, does that make it an X handle or what? I don't know. But what I do know is that, Brian, you do great work, and it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if I want an X handle. That doesn't sound like the most <laughs> most clean thing. If you but, have uh, a regular, yeah. if you have a regular account and you have two burners, does that make it a triple X? Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> you, you would have three X accounts. Oh man, oh, <laughs> it's so don't worry. Bad. 
Oh, yes. We all know that this is very fascinating, to say the least. And I think we are going to go as far as we went there. But you know what we've got to talk about is what we're right now seeing in terms of this college basketball season as it's right now getting to be foreign tour season. A lot of these teams have gone out there and they've been doing their foreign tours. I've been fascinated by quite a few of these SEC teams. Obviously, Kentucky with the Global Jam, they were the most mainstream out of all of them, but Mississippi State has been showing off that they're able to now pop a few threes as they've been playing against the likes of Portugal, what have you. I know that there have been some teams playing against like the Czech Republic, what have you. What have you been making out of these foreign tours and how much credence do you put into them? Because I do think that there is something to it. And I think the biggest thing that happens with these four tours are not necessarily the final scores or anything like that. It is the fact that a young team like Kentucky gets these extra practices to be able to build chemistry and get to know each other a little bit more. Yeah, you touched on it. Not not focusing as much on the final scores because coaches will use these games to tinker with lineups, to try different things out, try different strategies to see what they want to use during the season. They might, you know, have new transfers they want to incorporate in and figure out different ways to do that, see what action works, what doesn't, what lineup combinations work and don't. It's much more experimental than game planning, if you will. It's a lot more of the post-game work, figuring out what worked, than pre-game work, trying to figure out what will work, if that makes sense. You look at Kentucky in particular, and I, we, we, there are a number of teams, and Kentucky is the one that people can kind of hit over the head with. And the reason for that, though, is because this team – is all freshmen. I think it was on here about two months ago when we were talking about the sky was falling for Kentucky even where they were at this offseason. They've turned things around completely. It looks like they're going to be very, very good this year as their recruiting class suggests they would be. In the first glance to see those guys, a lot of them, particularly DJ Wagner in my mind, were a little bit further along than maybe some people thought they were or feared they were not. So to me, the play you got from those freshmen from Kentucky, you know, yes, it was against lesser competition, but from the quality of play you saw, I think is what you want if you had high expectations for Kentucky. Yep, I agree with you. And I do think that being able to see Kentucky play a little bit more small, being able to pop some threes, that's very nice. Apparently, they're getting an international gentleman that's seven foot two to be able to bolster them a little bit as well. So that's another nice ad for Kentucky. I don't want to butcher the poor kids last name, but I do know that they are getting some reinforcements and things are starting to look better for them as Brian Rolfe, who joins me and does a tremendous job over at Heat CBB, is right here on Coast Coast Soups. And what do you make out of these teams that they have made a lot of late moves? Because it's fair to say that Kentucky is one of those teams that a lot of their moves, they have been made late. Kansas State has been able to make a lot of late moves. I think that's even fair to say with Texas Tech, bringing in someone like Devon Cambridge, bringing in Joe Toussaint. They've been making some late moves as well. Do you put a little bit more weight on that with regards to these guys coming in a little bit late, maybe being a little bit behind the eight ball with regards to chemistry, or is that a little bit of a non-factor? Because I feel like we've seen examples of both teams really struggling with bringing in a lot of guys late. Meanwhile, Kansas State last year was the exact opposite. It varies by team and varies by coach, both from what you focus on and who you're able to bring in, but then also from a player standpoint, how quickly the fit works. Sometimes just different play styles. It takes longer to figure out your flow with somebody than someone else. If these late additions fit well, it's going to be obviously easier to, to get them playing at a high level quicker than if they don't. And when you hear a lot of coaches now, 
they don't talk as much about trying to land as high of a profile person as possible or, or uh, you know, as high of a star recruit as much as they, they worry about fit. Obviously, everybody wants the best players they can get, and a lot of times there are, you know, stars that come along with that. But after you get one or two of those, un- unless you're John Calipari or, or John Shire, a lot of coaches will then focus on fit and figuring out who works best in the system, who works next to those guys that are going to be their core. And we saw, we saw a lot of programs keep scholarships going into this late. A lot of them had multiple scholarship positions open going into late June, going into July, now going into August. Some still have scholarships open. It was not done, I think, with the anticipation of making sure that we were going to capitalize on any late additions like this, but it maintains that flexibility. And you've seen some teams be able to use that flexibility to capitalize on it. Yep, absolutely. I do think that there have been some teams that have done a nice job just utilizing the portal to their advantage, being able to take advantage of the bad West Virginia situation as well in the case of Kentucky and the case of Texas Tech as well. That has been to their benefit. And I do think that there were a lot of good fits that have been coming up as well as joining me on the show. We do have Brian Ralph who joins me from Heat Check CBB. And what have been some of these good fits? Because this was one that happened quite a few weeks ago, but I still feel like Grant Nelson going over to Alabama. That was an incredible fit. Alabama, a team that badly needed a big man, a team that goes very up-tempo. You get one of the most versatile big men that you're going to find, right? Around six foot eleven, is able to run the floor. He's got handles. I thought that that was a textbook tremendous fit. I think that that's exactly what you're talking about. Are there a few others that you take a look at that maybe they're not like the splashy five-star guy? Maybe it's not the guy that we're talking about, but you just feel like it's a good fit in general for that program. I hate the hard because I think I've talked about it on here a couple times. But TCU's additions of Avery Anderson and Jameer Nelson in the backcourt. To me, both of them are high quality players. Avery Anderson was a little bit more potential than production at Oklahoma State, but I will admit a lot of that probably has to do with Oklahoma State's seeming being allergic to offense. And Jameer Nelson obviously was very, very good during his time at Delaware. But both of those players' skill sets, they are dynamic, explosive athletes who get out in transition and create offense off the bounce for themselves. Look back what TCU did a year ago they really, the last couple of years, have made the switch to, to start playing really fast and start playing as up-tempo as possible. A complete contradiction from Jamie Dixon teams from Pitt and early on in his, his tenure at TCU that were offensively challenged. So he kind of countered that and their lack of shooting, which they still have a lack of shooting, by trying to get out and get as many points in transition as they possibly could. That play style perfectly fits into what Anderson and, and Nelson do. And they had open spots back there. And so you got guys who are talented, but the way TCU plays and that their skill sets are going to be maximized in that system. I don't think you're going to see either of them be an All-American or anything like that. Maybe probably not even a first-team All-Big 12, given how good the Big 12 is. You know, perhaps could be growing in the future with the Big 12. But both of those players are going to be good enough to, I think, be one of the better backcourts in that league and certainly keep TCU in that you know, top 25 conversation. I think that with TCU, they're going to be a, such a fascinating team. As as we know, the Big 12, in my opinion, is once again going to be the most brutal conference in all of college basketball. Maybe you do see a few of those bottom teams like a BYU, a Central Florida, be a tad bit easier for these teams. But even Central Florida has added some nice pieces into that backcourt. BYU did a nice job adding some versatility as well. So I do think that, you, once again, you've got a very locked and loaded conference as Joining me on the show, we do have Brian Rolfe. He does absolutely amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. 
And Brian, I do think that we've got a lot of intrigue with regards to the SEC as well. I know that you're a man that is a South Carolina graduate, but I was just talking about a Big 12 being top to bottom, perhaps at best conference in all of college basketball. I think that's hard to argue, but I feel like the SEC is sort of in that sort of range, sort of like what we've seen in the Big 10 over the last few years. I don't know if there's necessarily that one Final Four team with the SEC. I know that some might make the case for Kentucky. I want to see a little bit more before I'm willing to put them in that vein, but the likes of Tennessee, Alabama, I'm very high on Auburn personally. I think that these are top 20 teams. I think that Mississippi State is much improved as well. I could see this being an SEC where it might be a conference that sort of eats each other for a little bit of a lack of better term as a bunch of top 25 teams, but not necessarily that one final four team. Yeah, the good news for the teams that are going to be at the top and particularly in the middle of the SEC is that there are a couple teams like South Carolina that are just going to be easy wins on their schedule that they can they can rack up some easy wins. But yeah, I mean, the SEC is certainly top heavy and there are a lot of really good teams in that league. I think there are probably five or six potential Final Four contenders if certain things break right. It doesn't show it on paper right now, but I think the potential is there. Kentucky, the talent's obviously there with the freshmen. It's just a matter of are they ready? Alabama, same kind of deal, but, but can they replace the score production they lost and the front court production that they had with Connie and Bediaco? Auburn, are you going to get consistent guard play? Tennessee, are you going to play offense <laughs> at some point? <laughs> they went out and tried to improve their shooting this offseason. Should be better, but we need to see that on the court. Same thing with Mississippi State. You know, Arkansas, obviously, is always in the mix. They have 8 million guards. We'll see how that works and how, how Muslim works that out. Missouri, if they can repeat last season what they did. You know, Todd Gold and Florida have pieces and talent, but they had pieces and talent last year, and he failed to put that together. What's Chris Beard going to do his first season at Ole Miss? National championship game coach, one of the better coaches in the country, uh, who is retooling his roster. The talent base probably isn't all there to make one of those long runs, but you know they're going to be competitive. This league can go eight, nine, maybe ten deep with legitimate good teams. And then there's a pretty big gap between them and everybody else. But in terms of just the sheer number of high-quality teams, I would put the SEC up there with anybody. Yep, I'm right there with you as well. And I think that it's very funny because I know that we were talking about teams that maybe just brought in good fits in general. And what I thought the SEC did was a lot of this because the uh, big Achilles heel last year of so many of these SEC teams was three-point shooting. And I know that you could say that a lot of it was good three-point shooting defense. And no doubt, there was very good three-point shooting defense in this conference. There was also rough three-point shooting in this conference as well. I mean, take Mississippi State, for example, and all their non-conference plays. But, I mean, Mississippi State, adding someone like an Andrew Taylor, Denver Jones going over to Auburn, I think Walter Clayton going to Florida. What I think the SEC did a good job of, Dalton Connect going over to Tennessee, is looking themselves in the mirror, recognizing, hey, we've got an issue with three-point shooting, going into the portal, adding those three-point shooters. I think that that is going to be so beneficial. I think that this is a conference that, as a whole, did a good job of utilizing the portal to shore up their weaknesses and really finding what we were talking about before, good fits to be able to rectify those. Yeah, and it helps when you have athletic departments with larger NIL budgets than other programs to be able to lure those guys in that you want. But this was an obvious weakness for a lot of teams in the league, particularly at the top of the past couple of years, it's been a defense first, very physical league. And you have to recruit to that. And everybody pretty much did, aside from Alabama, who, who used more of the up-tempo guard-oriented, perimeter-oriented play and obviously worked for them. And they've been incredibly successful with that. I think the success that they've had and maintained under Nate Oates 
has somewhat set the groundwork for everybody else being like, okay, we, we have to change up what we're doing a little bit. Every time I'll pick on Tennessee, because it's been the same story with Tennessee every year, where they go through these just incredibly long droughts that are so predictable, but you know there's going to be an eight-minute stretch where they score two points. And they just can't get out of it. And it costs them and has kept them from really making runs that their regular seasons suggest they would have. And even in games against top teams in the regular season. I think they're starting to get around and addressing it and realize that they can't just keep beating their head against the proverbial wall. That they need to make some changes to try and get around it. So I think there's some growth in learning there. There is some impact, I think, from Alabama trickling down in terms of the style of play. It's still going to be a physical defense versus league no matter what. But when you open things up for more shooting, I'm very interested to see how that impacts teams like Tennessee and Mississippi State that have not had that luxury or that skill set in their arsenal. Yeah, but I do think that that is going to be a fascination to take a look at as well. And one of the fun things to take a look at this offseason as well as Brian Rolfe of PCHEC CBB is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And Brian, it is starting to get to be a conference preview season because the transfer portal is starting to wind down. We have seen someone like a Jerron Coleman enter into the transfer portal, but right now the amount of guys that are available is very, very slim. We're going to see some roster movement, but it's going to be very little roster movement. A lot of these rosters, they're pretty much what they are aside from a piece or two. And I know that, as I alluded to a little bit before, you do a great job with the Almanac year in and year out. Have you been taking a look at some teams and has there been one or two that you've really identified that either you're a little bit more bullish on ever since you started your research on them or maybe vice versa? Maybe there was a team that you're thinking, man, I really like this team. And then you dove in a little bit further and you're not liking what you're seeing right now. San Diego State is going to be really good again. Really, really good again. They're going to be different because I think their offense is going to be much better and more consistent than last year's is. They're sacrificing a little bit on the defensive end, but it's not going to surprise me if San Diego State is making another long run in the NCAA tournament again. Saying in the Mountain West, too, as I'm as I'm going through a deep this deep dive, I really like Nevada and what Steve Alford has. They're bringing back their, their trio of guards, Blackshear, Jared Lucas, chief among them. From a team that was a big surprise last year, they're going to be one of the most experienced teams in the country. They're going to have tremendous size all across the board, great positional size. They're going to cause some problems. And going a little bit deeper, deep cut, there's a chance that Arkansas State has a really good year in the Sun Belt and can potentially make some noise. The Sun Belt, I love the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt is one of those leagues that is incredibly competitive, and you could have eight teams win that league, and all eight would be really dangerous in the NSA tournament. The league just has not gotten the respect nationally. I think it should get credit for. I talked to every coach in that league, and half of them told me without any leading on or anything, but they eight of them told me that it's the toughest one big league in the country. And they all felt that way, and they kind of all brought it up out of nowhere. I think it's true. The last year we saw Southern Miss go from the bottom of that league to winning the regular season title in that league. I don't know if Arkansas State is going to make that same kind of jump, but they're bringing over Brian Hodgson from Alabama to run that same kind of system. Their personnel is set up to really excel. Again, I don't know if they're going to make the jump to win the Sun Belt, but they're going to be a team that I think sees a huge bump in their win total this year and could really challenge and make things interesting once you get down to to March and conference tournament time. Oh, and I'm so glad that you mentioned them because I think one of the biggest question marks among a mid-major team in the country – what is Andre Corbello going to do at Southern Miss? Because he is going to be teaming up with Natalia Alvarez, a pair of guys that they don't necessarily shoot it well, but you mentioned it. Southern Miss, they did such a tremendous job last year. And I I was high on Southern Miss coming into the year last year. I didn't quite think that they were going to finish in first place, but I was thinking, man, there's a lot of people sleeping on Southern Miss. I like the fact that 
They were bringing in the two Mercer guys, being able to help them out with Felipe Haas being the other one along with Alvarez. I thought that there was some upside there, but I think that that is a million-dollar question because if they can get things working with Andre Corbello, they've got themselves a fireball of an offense, but we've seen now in two stops for Andre Corbello. It has not worked out, and it has torpedoed their offense. Yeah, and the lack of shooting is going to be an issue. I talked with Jay Ladner, and he thinks that there's ways around it, which you'll have to read the Almanac, which you'll be able to pre-order soon. Uh, there's going to be official announcement about that coming out, about the specifics on how he thinks they're going to address it. But it's an issue, and they know it's an issue. They've essentially counted on just the talent of Corbello uh, and Alvarez winning out and they're betting on that and have a plan we'll see if that works or not but they have a plan so it'll be a really interesting team to watch as well that's for sure and as they say you always have a plan until you get punched in the mouth as well so that is going to be a fascination and brian i know you did the sunbelt last year for the almanac sounds like you're going to be doing that conference once again this year and i know you're hard at work there you do tremendous work already, Check CBB. I'll give you the floor. How people are able to check out your work on social media, including something called X and other platforms. You can follow me on X and all my X eats or whatever that aren't tweets anymore. I don't know. The artist formerly known as Twitter at bralph33. It's B-R-A-U-F-33. We'll have some work out there on heatchecksbb.com as well, previewing the season. We'll have an announcement out on the Almanac and where you can pre-order that coming up here in the next week or two, I believe. But there's a lot of really good content coming down the pipe. For a college basketball fan, for a better, there's going to be a lot of information that's going to be good to know and helpful and, and we hope makes everybody more knowledgeable fans. So make sure you're on lookout for that at heatchakesbb.com and on X at bralph33. Brian does an absolutely tremendous job, whether that be on this podcast, whether that be on a single letter platform, what have you, and it's always great to be able to get them aboard, and the Almanac is going to be a must-download, a must-read. So big thanks to Brian for joining me right here on Cusco Soups, not part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Cusco Soups, be able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. Conference preview season is upon us. Within the next 48 hours, I'll be doing the Mountain West Conference preview, and then from there, we dive into the NEC, the OVC, as a lot of these roster moves, they are all now set in stone, so we're able to get a little bit of a better lay of the land as to what we're getting with these teams, and I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast, and then after we preview every one of these conferences, it's going to be college basketball season, where I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, so appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thanks so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 